Mic check, mic check, mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic, 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 mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. You guys listening to your talk radio, Atlanta's number one streaming talk radio station. This is Barrington Martin the second. This is the Barrington Report coming at you live on this beautiful Thursday evening here in the great state of Georgia in the great city of Atlanta. You can listen to ATL Talks on Apple, Google App, Alexa, Apple CarPlay, and of course, www.atltalks.com. Now, let me make sure the beautiful people from Twitter come on in here. I did not know I was recording this space, but it is okay because we're going to have a good time today. And I have a lot of things that I need to get off my chest. I'm going to start this today's show with a vent because of something that I saw and I think it needs to be addressed. And I want to be very crystal clear about a lot of things, especially about a lot of the vitriol that I get on social media. Who is this? Sir, I see you were in the space. Can you hear me? If you can hear me clearly, please give me an emoji. You should be able to hear me fine. But um, I'm going to get started today, guys, because I needed to vent us a little bit. And I want to get this off my chest because of a conversation that I had with a city council member in my state. I won't say what city. I won't say who it is. But it's a, it's a male. And he is a part of an all um, black constituency, majority black, excuse me, about 85%, shall I say. By the way, you listen to your talks. Radio again, you can listen to ATL Talks on Apple, Google App, Alexa, Apple CarPlay, and of course, www.atltalks.com. Now, today, um, Congressman Jamal Bowman sent out a tweet this morning, and with his tweet, he stated, as a lifelong educator, I'm excited for back-to-school month, but let's not forget about issues in our educational system. I was with him. I was with him when he said this, because there are a lot of issues within the educational system. And I was with him when he said this, but then he said only 59% of black men graduate high school, which is abysmal. Uh, that's super, super abysmal. He then goes on to say, don't let the back to school shopping fool you. What we really need in our cart is an equitable system. Okay. This is where I have the problem right here. This is the issue this is when I kind of snapped a little bit, but as if you're just now joining, before I got into this specific tweet, I stated that I had a conversation today with a, a councilman that's a dear friend of mine, and he was speaking to me about the issues within his district, and his district is uh, majority black. And when I see tweets like this from the congressman and automatically he says that what we need is an equitable system where he talks about the issues within the education system and the primary issue is that it's an equitable system. And his proof of that is stating that only 59% of black men or black boys graduate high school. It grinds my gears. It grinds my gears because it's dishonest, right? I say this based on experiences present day and in the past. And I say this based on listening to the experiences of a city council member. It really pisses me off that black people have a tendency to blame racism, inequality, and all of these other issues on the white man or a system controlled by the white man, but they do not address nor master the things that are in their control. Perfect example. The city councilman today told me how he gets phone calls to his office about why there aren't any amenities in their district. Why don't they have this? Why don't they have that? Why don't? And, and it's always comparisons to either high income areas or white areas mostly. And when he vent to me in a, in a private manner, he said he has to tell these people one thing. But the truth of the matter is that he cannot deliver on specific things because he understands what their behavior is or what the behavior of the collective. He knows that it's going to be an increase in violence. He knows there's going to be an increase in crime. He knows that the people are going to hurt themselves or hurt each other. I say this because I am so tired. 
I am so tired of seeing blacks normally use this notion that the reason their situation is what, what it is simply because of the white man. And this is the same excuse that's going to be continue to be used 100 years from now, so, and then 100 years from then, and 100 years from there, if they do not control their behaviors. And of course, I'm not talking about all blacks. The rule of thumb is, if it doesn't apply, let it fly. But I'm telling the truth. The fact of the matter is, you cannot be honest with black people in America of why they fail the way that they fail. Because all of us know all of us within the quote-unquote air quotes black community know what the reality of the situation is as much as we like to blame racism or we hear our elected officials say racism and white supremacy is the cause and it's the root of all of this when you look and peel back the layers you look at the facts you look at the stats and you see what it truly is especially in the present day it has nothing to do with racism nothing and it pisses me off Primarily because if you just change up behaviors, you can produce the outcomes that you want. Case in point, today, I'm on my grandmother's side of town, went to a gas station. When I went to this gas station, first and foremost, the service is bad. I'm going to go to cut that out. Automatically, the service is bad. I go in a gas station, all I see is, is bonnets, eyelashes, trash on the ground, Bad behavior, sagging of the pants, all of these things. And of course, again, it's not everybody. It's not everybody. But for whatever reason, it's a normalcy. It's what we put up with. And it's not right. It's not okay. I'm tired of seeing the group of people who claim that racism is holding them back, not mastering or controlling the things that are in their control. I'm tired of the excuses. I'm tired of basically getting lambasted and vitriol sent my way for being honest and truthful. I don't hate myself. I don't hate black people. But for whatever reason, when I hold black people accountable or when I hold black people to the standard that they should be holding themselves, I'm the bad guy. Just today on Twitter, they wanted to counsel I can't think of the actress's name, but they wanted to counsel the actress that played Dorothy on The Wizard of Oz. Why is it that in present day America, this generation is more offended by racism or racist things than people long ago? This is why I cannot stand. I absolutely cannot stand the saying we are not our ancestors. You're right. You are much weaker and softer than your ancestors. And that is the truth. If we continue in this direction, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm specifically talking to black people, and I'm specifically talking to a subgroup of black people, because, again, this message is not for all black people, but it's, it's for those who are fine and want to listen, but it's for a specific group who continuously perpetuates this narrative that their grandfathers did, grandfathers and grandmothers, and that they're the mothers of their grandmothers and fathers of their grandparents did. Because something has to change. It's not going to change through the ballot box. It's not going to change through elected officials. It's not going to change through any type of bureaucracy, or it's not going to change through government. It's going to have to change within the hearts of men and within households. Because I promise you this, I promise you this, if it doesn't change now, your kids and their kids are going to be uttering the same grievances that we are seeing today, a century from now. These gaps that you see, this, this focus, this obsession with equality is ridiculous. It has not proved to help out anyone. We are preparing for an age that a lot of people are inept to be able to handle going forward, all because this is the softest era of society. And this, this is the only society I know, of course, but when you look at history, you look at the past, this is the most softest era of society ever. No one had to struggle, no one has to struggle for anything. Everything's comfortable. And if history proves itself correct because there's nothing new under the sun and human behavior is finite, meaning that 
on the spectrum of human behavior, everything that's happening in the past is happening now and vice versa. We're moving into unto the part of the cycle where things get worse. And it's very apparent that it is getting worse. And when I speak and give you these stories of what's going on in our world today, and I speak about the Trump indictment and the reactions to I see to it, it's like people don't understand. But I just had to get that vent out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, because it's, it's something that consistently pisses me off. And oftentimes I'm looked at as the bad guy for being honest, but somebody has to tell the truth because your elected officials that coddle you, they're basically leading you to the slaughterhouse and you don't even see it. And if I stated, as, as I stated before, excuse me, a lot of the issues that were once exclusively black problems are no longer exclusively black problems anymore. They are American problems. But we live in this world, we live in this society, particularly that loves race, that loves race loyalty, that loves racial collectivism. When it's, a, it's used for a tool of control, it's used for a, a, a tool to be able to separate the masses, divide and conquer. And though this has been shown to be the case time and time and time again, people are still allowing their most innate animalistic carnal desires to govern them instead of common sense and logic to be able to see the fraud that's being perpetuated upon them. Now, today I learned that marijuana and hallucinogen use, binge drinking has hit historic highs. Again, listen to this. Think about this. This is very important to note simply because after the scandemic, behaviors altered a little bit and now we're seeing things or we're seeing a lot of problems that were once not too big of a problem that become big problems and this is going to be important going forward. Marijuana and hallucinogen use and binge drinking reached historic highs amongst adult ages 35 to 50 according to a new study released today. In the 2022 annual study of substance use, behavior, and attitudes funded by the National Institute on Drug Abuse, adults divided into two age groups reach historically high levels of drug use. Adults age 35 to 50 reported record high levels of past year use of marijuana and hallucinogens. That age group also reported the highest prevalence of binge drinking ever recorded, which the study noted also represents a substantial past five and 10 year increase. Marijuana usage reached an all-time high for adults ages 35 to 50 with 28% reporting past year use in 2022, an increase from 25% in 2021 and from 17% in 2017. In 2022, past year use is more than double what it was 10 years prior and 13% in 2012. This is important along the scope of, it's quite obvious now that people are using or self-medicating in order to get away from their reality. The question is, why is their reality so bad? Why are we coddling people to the point that they are starting to self-medicate? And we're not even talking about the hard drugs that people are using. This is just the simple drugs that we want to be legalized, i.e. marijuana, i.e. shrooms in certain places is already legal, but that's neither here nor there. If we haven't got ourselves together as individuals yet and as peoples yet or as a collective group, it is scary to me what will happen if we legalize specific drugs and we allow the state to interfere with those specific drugs. I say this because I used to be a strong proponent for the uh, legalization and the decriminalization of marijuana. And as I start to study human behavior a little bit more, I'm starting to change my mind just a bit because to me, it seems that we continuously abuse freedom. And we, the more freedom we have, the less responsibility we have. And I think that Anyone could see that how that's becoming a problem within our societies, um, specifically in drug usage and specifically in our behaviors towards sex and sexual attitudes. But that's neither here nor there. What else did they say? Alcohol use trends for eight for adults ages 19 to 30 generally have been trending downward, according to the report, which is good. But past year drinking reported at 84 percent in 2022 ticked up from five years prior at 82 percent in 2017. I'm not going to go on about this article, but it's a very interesting article for you guys to check out. I will post this um, when I post the recordings normally so you can really get into um, in depth and in what the study says. 
YouTube to censor content contradicting WHO guidelines. Very interesting. YouTube has introduced a new medical misinformation policy that will censor any medical or health-related content that doesn't align with claims made by the World Health Organization. Wow. YouTube earlier had a COVID-19 misinformation policy webpage that stated that the platform doesn't allow any content that poses a serious risk or egregious harm and spreads medical misinformation contradicting what the WHO or local health authorities LHA say about the COVID-19 pandemic. The webpage now redirects to a medical misinformation policy page that expands the censorship rule to specific health conditions and substances rather than COVID-19 alone. Before I continue this, let me say this, guys, because it seems like people are not understanding this. So I'm going to talk about the Trump um, indictment a little bit later, right? Um, the thing about the Trump indictment that is very fascinating to me is, are the reactions. The primary reaction that we are seeing is that people are pontificating this this idea that if they do it to Trump, they will do it to us. Guys, they've been doing things to us since I could I could remember, since I started engaging in politics. They've been doing things to us. What do you guys not see? We are past that already. They're just using Trump because now this whole thing has become political. And I'll get into the specifics of that. But this idea that people are saying, guys, they're doing this to the former president of the United States, they'll do it to us. They have been dogging us for a long time now. What more do you need to see? Now it's just political. Now the stakes are just higher. They raise the stakes by going after a former president. They already knew that can get you. You're small fries. We're a little fish in the, in, in the pond. We're a little fish in the ocean. They don't care about us because they know they can do anything they want to us. Now the stakes are higher. And because we have been so asleep and so um, totally oblivious to the reality of, of the society that we exist in, now they're, they're able to do things in our face without us doing anything about it. They've been taxing us. We saw what they did within the scandemic. We've understood our history, excuse me, our past, where our government has been the biggest, the, the biggest mob-like organization, bigger than any mob in uh, modern history that we totally ignore these things and now we have a tendency to, to 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 pontificate these futile narratives that don't mean anything now youtube is telling you that they're censoring content that's contradicting who guidelines what does that mean we talk about and i hear the conservatives and the right always talking about oh we have to we have to adhere to the constitution the constitution this the constitution that your own government doesn't even adhere to the to the law of the land what does that tell you everybody wipes their ass with that piece of paper again is that, and i've always say this i said this probably once a month on my show the game is not rigged you just don't know the rules to the game you don't know how to play you play in one rules and everybody else plays in different rules. Understand this, ladies and gentlemen. Again, this is why all the problems that persist, all of them, they are not going to be voted out of office. Understand that. They are not. Everybody you look to as heroes are not heroes. They are a part of the system. They're a part of the game, too. You do, do you really think if these people have to choose between you or themselves and their livelihood, they're going to choose you? No. It's never been that way. Please go back and open up the books of history. Understand a lot of the things that you have, haven't been told. I was wrong plenty of times thinking that this is the first time in my natural born life I've ever heard the First Amendment um, being questioned or being attacked. I, did, I found out two days ago that during the Civil War, President Lincoln stopped the freedom of the press. Go look this up. This is a fact. Everybody's favorite president, some view as the greatest president of all time, did some egregious things in respect to the Constitution, but no one talks about this. Whether or not if he felt or people felt it was for a good reason, the point of the matter is that the Constitution is supposed to be the law of the land. And everybody's favorite president um, totally committed a sin against that piece of paper. And if this happened in the 1800s, imagine what's happening now. Sure, people will argue that YouTube is a private company and they have a right to censor whatever they want to censor. And that's true. But 
they shouldn't be censoring things based on WHO guidelines. The World Health Organization is not a United States institution. So why is a American company adhering to an international institution? Questions you need to be asking yourself, ladies and gentlemen, is getting very, very spooky out here. And, it's, and you must begin to question everything and to ask questions, excuse me, and to be skeptical. Moving on. Mortgage rates soared to the, their highest in 21 years. U.S. mortgage rates surged this week, rising to their highest level in 21 years. The 30-year fixed rate mortgage averaged 7.09% in the week ending August 17th, up from 6.96% the week before, according to data from Fannie Mac released today. A year ago, the 30-year fixed rate was 5.13%. Take heed, guys. Rates have been above 6.5% since the end of May and climbing higher since mid-July. The last time rates were over 7% was November of last year when they hit 7.08%. This week's average rate is the highest the 30-year fixed rate mortgage has been since April of 2002 when it was 7.13%. Mortgage rates have spiked during the Federal Reserve's historic rate hiking campaign, sending home affordability to its lowest level in several decades. Buying a home is more expensive because of the added cost of financing the mortgage and homeowners who previously locked in lower rates are reluctant to sell. The combination of low inventory and high costs has squeezed would-be home buyers, sending home sales about 20% lower than a year ago. Guys, think about everything on the news. Think about what we're talking about mainly. Think about what we're not necessarily distracted with because I think all everything that we are see is meant to, to totally um, make you not look at what the, th- the things that you need to be looking at. The fact that the mortgage rates are spiking like this and that's really not being talked about, and I have to tell you this on the Barrington Report, lets you know what the state of our country is. Right now, everybody's talking about politics or everybody's talking about things that really don't matter at the end of the day. They're not telling you, and this is why I, I really, really detest anytime the Biden administration gets on Twitter and starts spewing lies to you all about how their policies has helped out people when their policies are lies. Jobs, for example, one of the, the, the biggest example I can give you, and this is why I think that they know most of the populace is very ignorant and not adept to understand information. The biggest lie that they tell is the jobs. COVID and the scamdemic destroyed a lot of businesses and took away a lot of jobs. So the jobs were already down. So Anytime you end a pandemic and businesses start opening back up, of course, that's going to be a job boom by default because a lot of these jobs were put out of commission due to the scandemic. And they're saying that or they're implying that they created so many new jobs and they did not. And yet people specifically on the left brag about this when, again, they're not looking at the facts and they're not peeling back the layers to understand what's really going on. And so when... You have an administration lying like this and you have mortgage rates soaring to their highs because the Federal Reserve are continually continuously hiking up rates. Things like this need to be talked about because we need to understand what possible solutions need to be created to basically take a, a load off of the middle class and those who want to buy homes and those who are looking for places to live. A big aspect of the American dream. Um. It's ownership. Anybody would tell you that. Any person that comes um, to this country would tell you that the biggest aspect of them coming to this country, apart, aside from working, is to basically live out the American dream. But the American dream doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't even exist in the way that it did before. And even then, that specific American dream wasn't the American dream that the country has built its reputation on. How do I know this? A couple of days ago, Biden said this in a speech, and I quote, let me tell you, let me tell you, they're telling us America's failing, failing. Again, this is direct quotes. You can look this up. I'm going to post this link. They're dead wrong. They're dead wrong. This is our president. America isn't failing. America is winning. And and I've said a thousand times, I've said a thousand times, a thousand times, there is no quit in America. Name me a single objective we've ever set out to accomplish that we failed on. Name me one 
in all of our history, not one, it's never been a good bet to bet against America and it's still not a good bet today. End quote. Mr. President, America has never lived up to its um, ideals within the American dream. Never. Never. At least in my lifetime. Because everything that America was built on, a lot of it was a facade. If you look at the, the true history of it, but more so now than ever before, merit, hard work, dexterity, family, community, all of that's been destroyed. So essentially, America is failing. And the primary objective of America has always been the American dream. Everybody knows this. The American dream has been paramount to what it means to be an American and what it means to live in this country. And there are so many, millions upon millions of people who are trying their damnedest to make that dream a reality or to even realize it and they're having a tough time and they're having this tough times mainly because of the policies that have been enacted within this specific administration and administrations before and we as a people as a community as human beings that live in this country have to be uns with ourselves and uns with each other each other because we're not American government, the federal government, destroyed the family with policy, understanding and manipulating human behaviors, understanding that any human being having a hard time is going to automatically want to accept the handout. Federal government understood a long time ago, and this is why they enact specific policies, that women are the group of people that they're going to always cater towards. This is why a lot of policies is geared towards women and safeguarding women, which I understand. Yet, when you create policies that allow women to depend on government, which disrupts the natural order of family and community, there is a breakdown that occurs, which allows individuals within the government to always keep their jobs because they always have a group to manipulate and that relies on them. The American dream is encapsulated by self-resilience and self-reliance ladies and gentlemen this and i know i'm getting, getting off on a tangent here this is why i want to tell you guys going forward our best policy going forward is going to be focusing on the local level that is the city and, and um, state governments the federal government is too big right now to fail it has become too powerful. The only, and I mean this, the only solution going forward is to really buckle down, lock in, and make sure you're controlling your city and make sure you're controlling your state. Those two are the only places where individual citizens, private citizens, have the power to make any type of change. I'm going to be honest with you because next November, when the media and hysteria of the media in respect to politics ramp up and they, they, they tell you that this is the most important election of, our, of your lifetime and they tell you and both of the political sides, the, both of the duopoly tell you that they both will give you the uh, rhetoric that they need their team to win. I promise you, no matter who you go in that ballot box and vote for, it won't matter. It won't break or it won't boost your bottom line if you can please put in the comments if you listen to me on twitter please tell me one presidential election that you voted for where it changed your entire life because the truth of the matter is this and it's always been this way yet our politicians and our media lies to the, the beautiful people of this nation the biggest change to your life, the biggest change to your bottom line has never happened through government or politics. It's happened through your own merit and your own doing. This is a fact. We can no longer, and I mean this, we can no longer adhere to big daddy federal government because the change doesn't happen there. The change starts with you. It starts your household. It starts in your street. It starts in your community. Then it starts or it moves up to the city. You control your city, you control a lot of things. And then when you get control of your city, then you control your state. All it takes is like-minded individuals being on one accord. But 
I get it. We have so many distractions. We have so many um, we have so many things to disrupt the type of flow that we, that we need to maintain control. And I understand this. But beautiful people, if you don't remember anything that I say today, please remember, in order for us to create the reality we're supposed to create for ourselves in this nation, we have to control the politics. And we won't be able to control the politics nationally. It's too big. It's too powerful. We saw that a lot of people's favorite Donald Trump said he was going to what? Drain the swamp. Didn't do it. Couldn't do it. And I'm not saying that as a Trump lover or a hater, but it was a false promise. You can't break the swamp. You can't do it. It's too big. It's too powerful. But if you go back and you understand unpopular arguments of the Civil War with the Confederacy, you'll start to understand states' rights. And if you understand states' rights, and you understand the politics of your state and you galvanize people who believe the same things you believe in, you can make some strides. But please believe me, if you don't hear anything that I say today, and I know I got off on a tangent, I'm going to continue with the stories so I can get to my primary points or primary stories that I want to talk to you about. But if you don't believe anything or, or listen to anything I say, remember this. No matter who you press that button for in November, it's not going to make a difference. It's not. It's not going to make a difference. We've seen how the Union Party governs now. If you haven't seen it, just open your eyes. Look around. They got us fighting each other. We're all supposed to be in this together. Ironic, because that's what they told us in the pandemic, and they lied. But this is why we have to galvanize as a unit of people, of citizens, and understand that the big house, Capitol Hill, they're not for us. Moving forward, a lighter story. A Texas woman was awarded $1.2 billion after ex-boyfriend put intimate photos in public Dropbox. The woman's ex-boyfriend allegedly shared what court documents call visually intimate material of her online and in emails to her family, friends, and colleagues. I'm not going to read this story, but I'm going to give you some um, insight on it. Basically, what ended up happening was um, this woman took her ex-boyfriend to court because he had porn of her, basically, and uh, he uploaded her on porn sites uh, like a dweeb that he is. And um, the prosecution wanted to use this as a president or to use this case to set president, so to speak, um, going for going forward in future cases, to which he doesn't even have or he's not even a, a, a super wealthy person. And they rewarded this woman $1.2 billion in, I want to say, punitive damages. And he was ordered to pay $200 million in actual damages. So, ladies, ladies, please don't send your nudes out to men that you're not sure of. All these, see, things like this could be avoided. Things like this could be avoided. And I don't want to blame the ladies because I know a lot of men can be jerks. And I understand that a lot of men aren't good men, so to speak. But come on now. You should be able to judge people's character a little bit better than that to um, allow yourself to be put on out on front street like that. But, I, but going forward, as we see, they're going to give hefty fines and hefty punishments to people who totally violate this law of revenge porn and that's very and this this is going to set a president going forward i believe so a study says chat gpt shows liberal bias duh researchers found lefty leanings in some of the ai's responses which chat gpt likely picked up from its training data a study from researchers at the university of east Angelia in the UK suggests chat GPT demonstrates liberal bias in some of its responses. Tech, tech companies spent recent years desperately trying to prove their systems aren't part of some left-wing political conspiracy. If the study's findings are correct, chat GPT's apparent liberal leanings add to growing evidence that people who make this generation of AI chatbots can't control them, at least not entirely. 
The researchers asked ChatGPT a series of questions about political beliefs and the style of people who support liberal parties in the United States, United Kingdom, and Brazil. Then they asked it to answer the same set of questions with no special instructions to compare the two sets of responses. The study concluded that ChatGPT revealed a significant and systematic political bias towards the Democrats in the U.S., leftist president Lula in Brazil, and the Labour Party in U.K., according to the Washington Post. Guys. As much as we want to rely on um, AI to help us in the future, please stop using AI. Please. Please. Please stop using AI. I'm going to tell you why. We are basically allowing our next big enemy to learn more show about us than anybody knows. We're giving, every, we're giving our, our next problem, the future problem that we're going to see and we're going to encounter. We're giving them all of the art tricks. We're giving them, they're studying us. We're giving them um, all of our habits, everything. Sure, you know, you can use AI for a simple task, but as far as things that deals with what it means to be human, decisions and understanding humans and our thought processes, our habits and the way we think, please stop it. Because it's going to come back to to bite us. And the reason it's going to come back to bite us is because our government is using these things against us or our government plans to use these things against us. And this is a nice transition into Maui and the fire that happened in Maui. Now, we don't know anything specifically. We only know what the news has told us, right? So I won't, I won't make any speculation. But I'm going to give you information that will allow you to draw your own conclusions. Because, again, I pride myself off of being a fact-based program, a fact-based show. And so I don't want to speculate anything, but I think it's important for me to give you all facts that have been presented before to allow you to, to shape your own understanding of an issue or of a situation um, in which I believe that the media is not being completely honest. So you all understand that um, uh, Lahania on Maui, a place, a place, a specific community in Maui, was been destroyed completely. Right? We understand this. They say the death toll is eighty, but we already know the the death toll is higher than eighty in there. And again, I feel like the media is hiding that. But there are some things that have come out from the World Economic Forum and um, some more studies and some more projects from scientists and, and scientific organizations that have allowed me to believe again that these quote-unquote wildfire wasn't a true wildfire. So the U.S. and Japan had a collaborative smart grid uh, demonstration project in Maui Island and, and they did a case study. And they said during the period between 2011 and 2016, there had been a smart community project called Jumpstart Maui held in the island of Maui, Hawaii, U.S. with the objective of effective utilization of renewable energy that had been penetrating on a large scale and widespread develop deployment of electric vehicles. A smart community was instructed by Hawaiian and Japanese stakeholders headed by the New Energy and Industrial Technology De- Development Organization of Japan. Now, A smart community is a social system that integrates advanced environmental and energy technologies and provides citizens belonging to the community with sustainable, safe, and secure society. In this context, it is important to have a perspective of what value had been provided to citizens by the smart community based on, oh, excuse me, based on this viewpoint, this this report that I'm going to post for you guys summarizes suggestions for future smart community development derived from the activities and the results of Jumpstart Maui. Now, they have this report that basically, uh, I can't figure out what year this was, but this was about five or six years ago. Sorry, between 2011 and 2016, um, there was a collaborative effort between Japan and U.S. doing a smart grid demonstration project in Maui, right? Then you can look up this, argue, just look up this article. In 2018, the WEF released an article stating that how Hawaii plans to be the first U.S. state to run entirely on clean energy. Then, in August, this was also um, August of 28, Hawaii mayors and governors embraced the World's Economic Forum's plan to make 
um, Hawaii, the first state to run entirely on clean energy. Four mayors across the state have signed an agreement to run Hawaii's public transport system to only clean energy by 2045. Very, very coincidental, right? Let me give you insight on what a smart city is and why I think it's dangerous. And then I'm going to give you some insight on what happened in the Canary Island in Spain yesterday. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So basically, smart cities are a euphemism for surveillance. Cities in at least 56 countries worldwide have deployed surveillance technologies powered by automatic data mining, facial recognition, and other forms of artificial intelligence. Urban surveillance is a multi-billion dollar industry with the Chinese and U.S. based companies such as Axis, Duo, um, Hikvision, Huawei, and ZTE leading the charge. Whether they are in China or elsewhere, smart cities are usually described in benign terms with the soothing promise of greener energy solutions, lower friction mobility, and safer streets. Yet, in a growing number of places from New York to Hong Kong, there are growing concerns about the ways in which supercharged surveillance is encroaching on free speech, privacy, and data protection. But the truth is that facial recognition and related technologies are far from the most worrisome feature of smart cities. Guys... This is something to be concerned about. And the reason I say this is because this is what the government always does, and this is called uh, a Helgian dialectic. So basically what a Helgian dialectic is, and hopefully I'm saying that right, Helgian, excuse me. What it is is that the government creates a problem, and then they create a solution, solution to the problem that they create in making you believe that you um, are choosing the solution, but you're not. The solution and everything else is already given to you. And so what I, what I mean by that is, is that, and the government has been doing this for years. We've seen this done for years. I'm trying to think of a quick example to give you, but basically they create an issue. Well, okay, they create a problem. Uh, let's take the family, the breakdown of the family unit. The breakdown of the family unit happens, right? And so they create welfare. Or um, the women ask for help or they ask for benefits so they create welfare but they understand that creating welfare is going to cause another issue to which they're going to create another solution for that but it's going to allow you to be reliant and allow you um to need the government even more and this is what the helging and dialectic is and we're seeing this with a lot of smart technology they're giving you these promises of why green energy and why these things are better for you but essentially it comes at a cost and always remember that anytime something is too good to be true, especially with the U.S. government, it's norm it normally is. And this is what's happening with this Maui situation, I feel like, and a lot of situations in the past. But recently, um, as of today, this is breaking news in Spain, the Canary Islands has battled its most complex fire in 40 years. Again, as I stated, don't want to make any speculatory um, statements about Maui, but check this out. The huge wildfire ravaging the Spanish holiday island of Tenerife has, that has burnt through more than 2,600 hect acres of land is the most complex blaze to hit the Canary Islands in four decades, the regional government said today. The fire, which broke out on late Tuesday, has been raging through a forested area with steep ravines in the northeastern part of the island, which is part of the Spanish archipelago that lies off the coast of northwestern Africa. So far, the blaze has a perimeter of 30 kilometers, has destroyed more than 6,400 acres, affecting 7,600 people, many of whom have been evacuated, the authorities have stated. Um, the people were evacuated from 10 small villages and hamlets in the area, and they ordered residents to remain in their homes as a precautionary measure in La Esperanza, some five kilometers from the island's northern airport, uh, Tenerife North. Now, I read this, and then I did a little research, and I found out per May of this year that the Canary Islands is a smart island and a smart tourist destination. This is from Intech Tenerife um, telling you basically what the plans are to make the Canary Islands a smart island. It states that Tenerife is focusing on becoming a smart tourist destination through the Tenerife Smart Island Initiative with support from the Institute of Technology and Renewable Energies. Intech Tenerife, the Canary, Canary Islands Institute of Astrophysics, the University of La Laguna, and the Canary Islands Official Association of Technological Communication Engineers. 
among other entities that recently participated in the third edition of Tenerife Smart Island. The data could not be more promising. Tenerife is still growing as a hub for tourism in Spain, and tourism is a crucial sector of the island's economy. Wow. So what is a smart tourist destination? Spain's state-owned enterprise in charge of monitoring innovation and technology in the tourist industry defines a smart tourist destination as an innovative space consolidated on the basis of land and cutting-edge technology infrastructure, a commitment to the environmental, cultural, and social economic issues of its habitat equipped with an intelligence system which can capture information in a procedural fashion analysis and graph events in real time with the aim of facilitating the visitors' interactions with the surroundings and decision-making for the destination managers increasing efficiency and substantially improving the quality of tourist experiences. This is all jazzed up language to tell you that they're going to be collecting data so they understand how to extract money from you even better. This is what all this stuff is, ladies and gentlemen. Everything that is done to your benefit is not really to your benefits, to your convenience, but you're sacrificing your personal freedoms and liberties for convenience and you have to understand this i find it very ironic that a fire happened in maui last week and um the world economic forum stated that basically um hawaii plans to be the first u.s state to run entirely on clean energy and the hub of all of this is maui and then a week later in the canary islands of spain a similar fire happened but not as destructive however it is his most quote-unquote complex fire in 40 years and then a simple google search allowed me to see that the canary islands is a smart tourist a smart island destination how ironic is that how coincidental is that what is really going on this is why again we have to really be aware of the things that are taking place within our world and not get so caught up in the distractions of of the things that aren't really there to help us out at all and it's becoming um, quite alarming that a lot of people aren't really caring or don't even know about these things because they rely on basically popular news platforms to get their news. But the news they get really isn't news. This is why I continuously tell you guys to come to the Barrington Report. Listen to me every Thursday at 7 because I'm going to give you the news that is not news. So you can be informed so you can make informed decisions going forward. Now. We're going to get right into the Trump indictment and why that's ultimately BS. But before we get into it, a Quebec woman in in, um, Montreal who sent President Trump a poison letter was sentenced to 22 years in prison. Pascal Ferrier pleaded guilty to nine biological weapons charges. She agreed to the sentence as a part of a plea agreement back in January, but D.C. District Court Judge Dabney Friedrich didn't sign off until today. The French-born Ferrier pleaded guilty to a total of nine biological weapons charges, each of which carries a potential maximum sentence of life in prison. She was arrested at the uh, Canadian-U.S. border in September 2020 and charged with sending Trump a threatening letter laced with the homemade poison ricin. The letter intercepted two months before the 2020 presidential election described Trump as an ugly tyrant clown and urged him to give up the race. Eight of the nine charges are tied to an indictment in Texas where Ferrier has accused was accused, excuse me, of sending similar letters to police and prison officials. This is how crazy this has gotten. Beautiful people understanding it is sick. A person has to be very sick and mentally ill to want to do something like this. And we don't really know what she was provoked by, but based on this article, he she wanted him to give up on the presidential election. And I say this because we're going to talk about the um, Atlanta indictment that, that President Trump is um, going under because it is really ridiculous. And I urge you beautiful people to really, really read the indictment itself because if you look at what has been charged or what he was charged with, you will see that a lot of it's ridiculous. One of the charges he's he's getting charged with is text messages. One of the charges he's getting charged with um, are voicemails. None of these things are illegal, yet 
we see that this is strictly political and this has nothing to do with the rule of law in America. Well, Barry, why do you say that? Well, I say this because the DA, Fonnie Willis, wants the trial to start on March 4th. If you guys don't know why that's an issue and why that is a clear telltale sign that is purely political, it's because the GOP primary is March 5th. You, she wants the trial to go or to be on or to start, excuse me, on March 4th because the GOP primary is March 5th. And perhaps if President Trump is distracted with this trial, he won't make the primary, meaning that people won't vote for him, meaning that he won't have a way to the White House. This is beyond nuts. This is ridiculous. Not only that, um, the clerk posted the indictments early before the grand jury got a chance to decide what he was going to be indicted on. Yes, I'm going to post this article from the National Criminal Justice Association. Hours before a Georgia grand jury issued the indictment charging Donald Trump and 18 allies over efforts to overturn his 2020 election loss, a document posted on the court's website erroneously suggested the former president has already been charged before the file was quickly deleted. The posting of the case before grand jurors voted on the indictment and officials failed to explain what happened gave the former president an opening in court and on the campaign trail to try to paint Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis' case as tainted and the criminal justice system rigged against him reports the Associated Press. There is no evidence that the grand jury process was compromised or that the document was intentionally leaked by prosecutors or court officials. The court's clerk did little to tamp down speculation, refusing to say how the erroneous filing got online and publicly rule out whether it could have been a result of a hack. We all know that this wasn't a hack, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want to speculate and say that she did this on purpose, but how can you fumble something like this? This is an embarrassment to... In my opinion, Fulton County, this is embarrassment to Fonnie Williams as a district attorney and her office and her staff. This is utterly ridiculous. And again, as I stated earlier, people are saying that, well, they're going to do they're doing this to President Trump. They can do this to us. Wake up. I hate saying that. Open your eyes. They have been doing things to us for years now. Do not allow yourselves to be totally blinded or totally, I don't even know what, what word I want to use, but it's happening to President Trump because we have, again, we have evolved into a state in this society where our political leaders have so much power. They are able, through the media and through the media toxification of people's perceptions of one person, they are able to use the justice system that has already been felonious to attack one person, to attack a former president. This is unprecedented. No pun intended. But this is very unprecedented that they are going after a president in this fashion. Now, it's not unprecedented for people to get railroaded by the system, of course, because this has been happening for years. We've, understand, we've understood that um, the system has been terrible. However, if you have enough capital, you can always find loopholes. You can always find a way out. But, of course, people don't have that capital. But the way this is happening to this man and the way a lot of people in politics on the left are quiet when they know this is wrong, it goes to show that something is really wrong in this country, beautiful people. Something is wrong in this country. You have to know that when you go through and you look at the indictment, you look at his charges, you see that it's ridiculous. It's BS, first and foremost. And then when you see that they're using the justice system basically because they don't want this man to be able to run for president, and you see political leaders, specifically on the left, quiet because it goes against their party, it goes to show where the loyalties lie in this country. And if you can't be objectively reasonable about that then this goes against what the the president of the united states said today america is not america if, if people are allowing this in political positions america is not america when the government and the media 
can attack a former president all because they don't want him to run for re-election. That's a problem. That is sick. But yet, again, AOC is quiet. Nancy Pelosi is quiet. Jamal Bowman is quiet. Corey Bush is one of the most incompetent um, politicians we have. And, of course, she was rooting for President Trump to go to jail, but she's not honest. And so, that again, that says a lot. Beautiful people, get it together. Please understand that this is not about Trump. This is bigger than Trump. What's happening to Trump is wrong. We all know that. Anybody with eyes can see that. But do not allow your personal biases to cloud your judgment about this entire ordeal. Do not allow your allegiance to your favorite team to cloud your judgment because this has nothing to do with your favorite team. This has nothing to do with your political allegiances. This is about righteousness. This is about right and wrong. And if you can't be honest, then we're in trouble. America is doomed. The last thing I wanted to talk to you guys about, I'm going to post the indictment. I'm going to post these articles, um, giving you insight on everything that's happening. Because again, I don't want to get uh, fully, fully obsessed and fully deeply within this because I personally believe he's going to go to jail because this is all a farce. I just think people need to open their eyes and see the, the, the fraud that is our election system and our entire political system. But that's neither here nor there. I had an opportunity to finally um, look at the film uh, Jones Plantation. And guys, it's the most important film of our age. And I'm not saying that because I interviewed Legal Man two, three weeks ago. I'm not saying that because he came on my show and he, the show was beautiful. I'm saying that because it is a phenomenal film that gives you insight on the reality of our society. It gives you insight on the reality of our political system. It gives you insight on the fraud that is being perpetuated towards all Americans and has been perpetuated towards all Americans since, I would say, the very beginning of the establishment of this country. It is well written. It even starts off, again, Jones Plantation is about, of course, slavery, or it deals in the age of slavery. The beginning of the movie shows you that on the plantation that was a white slave. It even got that part accurate. And I, I ever since, it, when I saw the white slave, and when I saw the uh, overseer, um, a white man, talking down to another white man who was a white slave, I said, okay, I could get into this because now we have historical accuracy. The movie is 10 bucks to view for a lifetime. $10 to watch it over and over again as long as you want. And guys, I promise you, I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this um, because I'm getting paid to promote this because I'm not. But this is great art. This is wonderful art. This is something that will allow you to or open up your perceptions and open up your mind about the reality of the world that we're existing in and the reality of our political sphere within the United States of America. Please go to jonesplantation.com and check it out. I promise you it would, it would be the best $10 you spent this year because this is a great film and it's a meaningful film. It was beautifully written. Um, Mr. Slave Smith, black man who plays the character that basically whips the plantation into shape, which is so ironic because to me, he reminds me of what uh, Obama did in, in putting uh, black Americans or rocking black Americans to sleep. He's the Pied Piper. A black man went, came to a white man's plantation and got the slaves to be more obedient than any type of violent overseer could ever be. And that is one of the more important parts of the film. But again, I'm not going to go in deep into it. But I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, it is a beautiful film. And it's a very insightful film. It's going to change your thought processes and perspective on a lot of things. Guys, I am all out of time. I'm so happy that I managed my time well. I got all my stories today, and I'm so, so, so happy about that. Thank you for all the beautiful people that are listening on the app on iHeartRadio. Thank you for all the beautiful people that are listening on Twitter. I told you guys I was going to have the sound right today. Shout out to uh, Captain Daryl for giving me the proper instructions on the board. 
That's my guy. That's my boss. Love him to death. Again, people, you're listening to ATL Talks Radio and London's number one streaming talk radio station. This is the Barrington Report. I am Barrington Martin II. You can listen to ATL Talks on Apple, Google App, Alexa, Apple CarPlay. Of course, ATLTalks.com. Of course, Our Heart Radio. Just type in ATL Talks in the search bar and it'll pop right up. You can listen to my amazing, beautiful, enchanting, whatever adjective that represents enticing to me every Thursday at 7 here on ATL Talks Radio. I want you guys to enjoy your weekend. I want you guys to love on yourselves, love on others, and remember you won't be able to love on anyone until you love yourself. Thank you, beautiful people, for listening in Internet land. Thank you, beautiful people, for listening on Twitter land. I've obviously recorded this space, so you'll be able to listen to it again and again and again until next Thursday, and I hit you with something, another show, live and fresh. Thank you all again for listening. I will see you or you will hear me next Thursday at 7. Enjoy your weekend. Peace.